Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Tud. And I'm Obert. And guys. What? So last week, we talked about how all y'all have new animals. Yeah. So I had to go join the club, and I got an animal too. Nice. You went with the parrot, I imagine. I (laughs) I went with the betta fish. Yeah. Okay. All right. But then the betta fish was promptly eaten by my new kitten. Oh. Oh. That's that's a sad but cute story. Right. No no betta fish were harmed in the production of this cat. (laughs) (laughs) The production of the cat. So what's your what's your kitty's name? So we got a we got a little uh, Russian blue calico cat, and his name is Simba. He is uh, he's like fourteen weeks old, I think. Nice. Okay, so he's a little little baby. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's always he's rushing here. off to find the next laser pointer. He is in love with laser pointers and also anything that has a feather on it. Yeah, okay. that's a good thing you didn't get the bird then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he probably would have. He would have had a lot of fun. <laughs> the bird, not, not so the bird, much. so much. Yeah, well, welcome to the pet club. Yeah, we two new members in the last two weeks, so yeah, it's good. It's good to be pet owners for sure. Now, Obert, I don't know about you, but when I got my cat, I had to bring it to the vet, and we found out that he had conjunctivitis because he came from like a place with other animals. So, have you taken your dog to the vet to make sure that it's not sick? Well, we had our first vet appointment. And so, hang on, let me just interject here. So we've previously had in the, seg- in the show a segment called Babies Are Weird, where Chris tells us about how weird babies are. Yes. <laughs> I feel like now that, we have, now that we're all pet owners, we got to come up with a name for this segment. Maybe, maybe we'll figure it out. But uh, a- Animals are strange. Yeah, um, we're, we're still workshopping it. But um, <laughs> yeah, we had our first vet appointment on Friday this week. Uh, she was a very good girl. Popcorn did great at the vet. But it's funny you say that because I noticed today that um, her eye is like red and scratchy and had a lot of, you know, it was like watery a lot. So uh, I think she might have conjunctivitis too. So I uh, got a, like a wet like washcloth and held it on her eye, which might seem to help for a little bit. But uh, yeah, she, we've been hiking a lot this weekend. You know, we took a couple hikes, so she might have gotten it scratched or something on the trail. Uh yeah, it yeah. sucks when you have to get like the eye drops and have to like pry their eyes open, like drop the the stuff into them. They're not very happy. I've I've learned. Yeah, I would imagine. Like, I don't like it when I have to do that as a human. So yeah, cats, especially with claws and teeth, they're not a big fan. No, <laughs> no, no. They're and they're very deadly. They're very deadly with those claws and teeth. So yeah, we have to like wrap our our kitten into like a like a kitten burrito with like a blanket to make sure swaddle your cat yeah (laughs) i'm very i'm a very bad swaddler i've learned um probably would be better off if i you know gave it to like a parent like chris and said hey swaddle my cat (laughs) no no i i was not a good swaddler i my cj always escaped my swaddles so (laughs) so we need dana yeah yeah they actually make these like like auto swaddler things they're like kind of like blank you put them in like this pouch and you kind of just wrap it velcros um, that's what i used to use do they call them b- baby straight jackets <laughs> <laughs> i mean kind of yeah sort of yeah it's, it's like it's a onesie out. with really long arms that you <laughs> duct tape to their back no <laughs> <laughs> oh. guess guess what we already found our episode named this far into the episode again <laughs> <laughs> the baby straight jacket so in the theme of baby straight jackets uh happy thanksgiving everybody yeah so happy thanksgiving. Uh, welcome yeah Tud, Tud's cat is more important than 
everybody else's Thanksgiving. So we had to start off with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we had to continue the conversation from last episode immediately. Right. Well, it makes sense. We made the joke last year about everybody sitting around the Thanksgiving table hitting play on the podcast for, along with their dinner. So right. uh, we're hoping that the tradition continues this year and you're all passing around the gravy boat, scooping out some mashed potatoes and listening to um, your, your three good friends drink alone uh, with you all together. Mm, yeah. And when you guys are done, uh, could you pass the uh, the stuffing down this way, please? Yeah. Also- yeah. Actually, it's going it's going in a circle. It'll get to you, Chris. It'll get oh, to you. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'll also take my pumpkin pie too, please. Thank you. Uh, you gotta wait. You gotta wait till the end of the meal for that. I one. know you can't. You can't just eat pumpkin pie now. You have to eat. You have to That's finish it. your. It's still your... in the kitchen. We don't have room here on the table for all of these dishes <laughs> and the pie. Listen, so. Ted's at the Ted's at the kids' table. I'm an, I'm an adult. <laughs> so, I own my own. AKA house. the pie table. I own my own house. I have a, I am mean, an adult. I've got a wife. I can have my pie whenever the hell I want. I think that's the rule now. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny becoming an adult? You're just like, man, I can eat, I can eat pie now. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's no like one's any, telling me I can't eat pie. Any time is pie time. <laughs> <laughs> you look. Tud looks down at his watch, and it's just like a pie. Like <laughs> it's pie time. It's pie o'clock. Yeah. That's right. So I feel like this is like one of the things that, as a teenager, you're like. I'm excited. I don't have to deal with homework anymore when I'm an adult and also pie whenever I want. (laughs) Uh, Being an adult is great. So if there's one thing I enjoy with my Thanksgiving meal, it's a delicious craft beer that I drink remotely with my friends. Mm, Yeah, it's it's one of my highlights. I, I like drinking it, describing how it tastes, reviewing it, and guessing what I think other people review it. So... Okay, that's that's a good Thanksgiving tradition. So, well, um, I don't I don't want to you know shit on your tradition. So let's let's begin. Okay, this this week this Thanksgiving holiday, uh, I have a special treat. It's a beer called Beltane from Propolis Brewing. They are out of Port Townsend, Washington, which is in the Puget Sound area. The Puget Sound. The Puget Sound. This is a twenty-two ounce bomber. Here I have. It's a American style Brett. It's the Great American Beer Fest gold medal winner from 2014. Ooh, yeah! Wow, fancy. Yeah, it's uh, described here with earthy spring floral nose, golden straw hue, tastes of tangerine, pineapple, and tropical fruit, buttery honey glazed baguette, creamy body with a rustic tartness, bright floral highlights, crisp and dry finish. So. I kind of regret reading that because now there's nothing I can possibly say about this beer when I try it to top that. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have the flavor nodules like I have. Right. Yeah. Well, they just said tropical fruits, so maybe I can maybe I can pull out which pinpoint the fruit are in it. Yeah. So I just I poured it and like Brett's I've had before. It's you know very clear hue, very effervescent, lots of bubbles here. Mm. Um, they they said on the label the golden straw. Hugh and I, I think I couldn't put up, couldn't come up with better words to describe it. This is exactly how it looks. Golden straw. Yeah, like I think I could imagine someone in a Budweiser ad describing their beer as golden straw colored. I don't even know what <laughs> what is like a like a like a straw that they banned from Starbucks. Straw? I've never seen a golden straw. No, no, like like hey. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like a piece of straw. <laughs> <laughs> 
You must drink this with the golden straw. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, am I missing something here? Yeah, well, we got there. We yeah. got there. We so right away, I get those um, really tasty Belgian A notes with that Bretomyces or whatever that um, type of yeast is. That gives it that little bit of funk, that soury goodness. It's it's sweet, but not over overwhelmingly so. Like it has a nice little tart aftertaste that leaves your mouth kind of dry, like a uh, like a drier white wine almost is how I would describe it. You know, or maybe even like a cider. Sometimes you're you're drinking a dry cider. That's kind of what this beer reminds me of. This is seven and a half percent alcohol, and it doesn't taste like it. This is a very very light. Easy drinker. It says to uh, serve it between 40 and 50 degrees, which is pretty warm for a beer, I think. Um, so I've had this out of the fridge for about an hour now. And I think I think we're there. I get uh, maybe more of a sour grape on the nose. All in all, very delicious beer. This gets a rare four and a half from me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not always one to pick out this style, but I, I think that they did a really fine job job with it i can see why they won the gold medal in 2014 with this beer for it because i could see this being one of the best american brett style beers out there for sure mm, yeah and that's surprising that because that seems like a long time ago and i've only really recently heard of brett's yeah you know? I, yeah. Or at least they've caught on more so recently that's true yeah and uh, i looked a little bit into this brewery you know they propolis means Pro meaning before and polis meaning city. So this is like a, more of a, I don't want to say ancient style, but it's like um, more down to the down to their roots. Like they're, they're all about the wild yeast. They use all organic stuff. It's very much a not trying to be as least commercial, very sustainable, that kind of idea behind the brewery. That, that makes a lot of sense given the Washington location. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I thought was pretty cool, and I'll share you guys this over Skype, but it has a um, graph on the back of like what flavors you can get out of it. I don't know if you guys can see it here. Oh, oh it's like it's like a flavor map. It's yeah, that's a, a good description for it. So it says you know like it's very high on the fruit and citrus and floral parts of the map, and low on the bitter and sharp and spicy. So it's it's a cool little way graphic to describe what's in the beer. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that this gets a solid 439 on Untapped. Okay. All right. Um, if you logged on right now and rated it, it might bump it up that high because <laughs> <laughs> as of right now, there's only 14 ratings. So you must you must be the 15th person Ooh. to try this. For, this. for this year's variant? For this year's variant, yeah. And uh, currently, it's sitting at a 4.12. So. If you went on, logged okay. to four and a half, we could see, you know, probably go up by a lot. So that, yeah, that would, uh, we could get our first actual correct answer. <laughs> One of these days we'll get there. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ted. Why don't you share with us what you're drinking today? Sure. So this week I have a, a can, a can of G-Bot from New England Brewing Company. Ooh. I know we talk about G-Bot a lot on the podcast, so I figured when I saw it in the store, I'd buy it and I'd bring it to the pod and share my initial thoughts on it. With all and here guys. it is. And here it is. Well, not initial, like your True. 500th time thoughts or something. 
That is true. Gbot is described as, as an intensely hop double India pale ale with a blend of three varieties of American hops. The tagline is, we can build, rebuild him, we have the technology. Obviously, that goes to the fact that there used to be a bot that was on the can because the, the can used or the beer used to be called Gandhi Bot, but because they got sued by the Indian consulate, they had to change it to Gbot, and now there's just a hand that's sticking up from the robot that's giving the peace symbol. Like a metal arm. Yep. Out of out of the ground. And a, and like a hop plant is growing out of Oh fun. Okay. Out of it as well. So let's try cool. it. Cool. Right from the can. This is rare for Yeah, time. I know. No glass, no nothing. It's very good. It's actually it's actually just as I remember it. It's it's just delicious. And yeah, I tried I decided to go with the can today because that's honestly the the way I drank Gandhi Bot the first time I had it. So I figured I would, you know, try the G Bot the same way I had the original. Okay. I get it. Makes sense. So it's very it's very bitter. Um, obviously, it's not a it's not a New England style IPA. It's more of a traditional like West Coasty style of IPA. Um, it definitely has a lot of bitter on the back end. Very fruity up front. Um, a lot of piney, maybe a little papaya, but a lot of pine, and then a whole hell of a lot of bit- bitterness on the back end. Chris, obviously, I know you've had Gbot before, but based on your love of the bitterness, I would assume that this is probably one of your go to beers when you consider how bitter a beer is. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always enjoyed Gbot. I've never, I think I've rated it pretty high on untapped. I'd have to look to see what I actually did rate it. I haven't had it in a while, obviously, but no, I've always enjoyed it. And it is, it's from my, from memory, it's pretty bitter. Um, but I don't know if it's like, it's not the most bitter beer I've ever had, but if you like the IBUs high, you're going to like a beer like Gbot. What so. is the most bitter beer you've ever had? Mm. For me, I think of the Leviathan IPA from Harpoon. That's a good That's one. That's a really bitter beer. That's a, that is a pretty good one. I don't know if That's I've had off. that. Yeah, it was, they haven't, this was back, I think, before they were really getting into their 100 barrel series. Um, they, I don't know if it was a brewery exclusive thing, but um, they had this Leviathan series where they had a few like super strong beers and that's one of the most bitter beers I've ever had. Huh. Yeah, that was a, that's a good one though. I mean- we were actually talking about it the other day. I do miss I miss Harpoon. I miss their their mix packs and their tailgate the tailgate pack and all that stuff. That was a that's I love that brewery. This time of year is a great it's a great twelve pack to have in your your backseat of your cars. You're driving over to your grandma's for Thanksgiving for sure. So <laughs> so Leviathan has is a ninety IBU beer. That's a lot. Yeah, and well, I'm surprised. Uh, that, I thought it I was triple digits. Higher, but... Yeah. The, the the biggest one I think I've had is I had the Big Hundo by Magic Hat, which they brewed purposely to be at 100 IBUs. Mm. Oh, wow. That is just like, it's just straight up bitter. Yeah. I mean, I've had quite a few beers that are over 100 IBUs. Um, I think uh, Six Point does one that's pretty high on IBUs. Uh, I can't remember which one it is right now. Maybe Resin or one of those. Um, pretty bitter, but it's really good, though. Nice. I wanted to interject and then and then i think we should circle back this i think is definitely wrong but i just looked harpoon leviathan imperial ipa 2016 up on untapped it says 850 ibus (laughs) (laughs) so i don't think that's right that doesn't seem right that'd be um yeah and then the one that you pulled up was said 90 i that seems more correct yeah that seems right i'm sure it's batch specific because they i know that's a lot of small batch stuff they do but yeah anyways if you can find it, go find the Leviathan series from Harpoon. They're good. Yeah. I don't think it exists anymore, but maybe. Maybe it does. All right, Todd. Sorry sorry to cut away here. You want to bring it back? Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
I'm checking the can on this to see what the IBUs are, but I don't see it, and I don't want to pull it up on Untapped, or else our game of guessing will no longer be valid for this year. So, well, maybe we'll make it part of the game then. There you go. You know your palate pretty well. Self-proclaimed Bud Light taste tester master. No, 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 no you it's, can not, it's get... not self-proclaimed. You witnessed it happen. Yeah, self-proclaimed <laughs> and then and then tested, but uh, no one else is going to proclaim it but you, I don't think. And uh, you know, master fruit fruit analysis. Get the papayas out of all of the G bots here. <laughs> what do you think it is in terms of IBUs? I'm gonna guess. 96. Um, Did you not have an answer for me? Well, I wasn't sure if you wanted to say what your guess on the rating was as well. Oh, okay. So, first of all, I should tell you that I rate this beer, you know, under the the new untapped rating system, I'd probably give it like a 4.6. But because I can't, I'd probably have to give it a 4.5. Oh, wow. Okay. You you hold that in high regards. I do hold. The G-Bot was probably one of my original uh, five-star beers on untapped back when I first started on untapped. So it does hold a very special place in my heart, but as you can see, over time, tastes change, and you know you got to be a little bit more realistic with your ratings. So and beers change too. You know, there's not the beer the beers that were five star, you know, today didn't exist when you were given stuff five stars back when you were drinking G-Bot. That is true. So ov- overall, I would I would guess four point four three. Hmm. It's a four three two according to the thirty one thousand check ins. Oh damn it. But my my eleven friends average out to be four point four one. So I mean, you're close to my friend <laughs> average. Well, there you go. Maybe you're ten of those check-ins. Who knows? <laughs> I, I might be. Yeah, and uh, eighty-five was the IBU count. Oh, okay. So I was close right. on both. Yeah, because you but, said ninety-six. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's that's a solid a solid classic Connecticut beer right there. Yeah, this Absolutely. is like the the old yeah. school cool like this is like the heady topper of Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty true. So I remember I remember going to the package store across from Sean's house in Baltic and being like, "Oh man, they got G Bot, you know, kind of cool, you know." And you so, always had to buy it. Oh yeah, yeah one of those of first be- beers I remember the first time I ever had it, and it's you know one of those kind of beers that will stick in your memory for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember. I can tell fun. I'm, I'm going to tell a little history lesson here. The first time I had it, Caitlin and I had gone out to get a pizza from a pizza place in manchester connecticut and while i was sitting there i just happened to check beer menus for the main pub and i saw they had g-bot on tap so rather than sit at the 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 pizza place that we were at to order pizza i told caitlin immediately that we we had to go and i got up (laughs) and i walked out of the restaurant (laughs) we were sitting at the bar so the bartender was highly confused with what just happened right but i paid for the two beers that we had and i walked out and we drove over to, to the main pub so, so we could drink uh, G-Bot. That's awesome. To That's this day, funny. I've never gone back to that pizza restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Have no idea how the pizza is. Yep. Couldn't tell you. So if anybody knows how Stonewall Pizza is in Manchester, let me know. I think it's actually supposed to be pretty good. But I just was never, never in the cards that day. Yeah. Never in the cards that life. <laughs> yeah. There was a, that actually happened to us once. Sorry. Going off on a tangent, of course. But we were in Middletown. And we were hitting up a couple places, and all of a sudden, I checked the um, the tap list for Eli Cannons, which is another Connecticut staple when you're talking about craft beer. And they had double dry hop, softly spoken magic spells on tap from Ooh. yeah, yeah, from uh, single cut. And I was like, 
uh cancel everything we're doing we have to go get this <laughs> like, and it was amazing. you turn on was... the highway yeah yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> like keep that baby inside you i'm gonna have to go get this beer first no. um stop no, pushing it, it was yeah yeah uh it was it was well worth it it was it was it's great beer one of the best beers i've had um that i can remember so instead of her pushing chris told her suck it in suck it in oh man so so does that mean i get to go now I think it does. Yeah. I didn't know if Obert had a tale of, of beer travel. I just want to hear what your beer uh, uh, for this week is. Okay. So I have a beer from Fontaflora Brewing, which is here in North Carolina. It's in Nebo, North Carolina. So we go from Nebco to Nebo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is a Break Break of Moon, um, which is a fruit beer brewed with local black raspberries. So, ooh, that should be good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I haven't been to Fontaflora. It's not like crazy far from me. I think it's about maybe an hour. Um, but I haven't made it there yet. I want to go. It's on the list. If you're listening, which I assume you are, Fontaflora Brewing, it's on the list. Nice. Yeah, an hour. If there's breweries that are closer that you haven't been to, it's hard to justify the drive. Uh, you know, 45 minutes. I think. Yeah, sure. You know, that's an easy date night. But uh, an hour, you're like, okay, this is more of an after, like a full afternoon kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And with like, with CJ, like the closer, the better. <laughs> yeah. So um, just poured it in. It's dark. Um, it's what's, what's the uh, pouring white? You can't see uh, well, a little bit. Yeah. It looks like black raspberries. Yeah. Filtered, uh, it, but definitely dark. Yeah. Definitely dark. It looks like they're just floating in it. <laughs> Uh, but it definitely poured dark it was um it was a nice like dark red color pouring in so it it was it was a pretty pour um but on the nose i mean it smells like a sour blackberry beer so i'm pretty excited so we'll get we're gonna see what font is all about i guess yeah now can you uh tell us anything about the brewery here wow um the brewery not really unfortunately because okay. i didn't look it up but I know where it is. <laughs> um, I know it's highly touted in this area. So, you know, people talk about it quite a bit. Um, now, the beer is pretty, pretty awesome. It almost tastes as though you're drinking like a like a blackberry seltzer because it's got a lot of carbonation. Um, very like sweet blackberry, not too tart, not as tart as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a sour, more of a sour beer. So it's so it's more sweet then? Yeah, more sweet than than sour. Like very light, very refreshing for being so dark. It feels light in your like the the mouth feel is very light. Um and I mean, I don't get a much other than just like a very very nice blackberry drink right here. So, um it's very very good. And what's the ABV on this? What does it weigh in at? Uh it, oh, oh, that's probably why. So it's only 4.8% alcohol. So, oh, that's okay. Light. Yeah, so that kind of makes a little bit more sense. the The pictures are coming into focus. Um, but I was I was trying to think of I was going through my my fridge and I was like, huh, what do I have that would go great with Thanksgiving dinner? And apparently, blackberry. I don't know. So <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a berry. It's a relative of the cranberry. Yeah. Okay. There we go. See, it's like a beefed up cranberry. So yeah, it's got more muscles. Clearly, um, it's ripped. <laughs> um but it's it's a really good beer it's it's basically like if a a blackberry is like a berry that ate a whole bunch of cranberries that's why they have mm. all the bumps 
because those are all exactly. the cranberries. Yes. Fun fact. <laughs> science. That's how. That's how science is. So I would. I'm going to give this beer a four. Uh, nice, easy, great drinking. You know, uh, I'm excited to go to Fontaflora finally. Uh, I'll report back when I when we finally end up going. But um, it was it's really good, and the can art is pretty cool too. It's uh, got the uh, a rover on the moon looking down on Earth with blackberries. So kind of cool, cool can. Oh, that's so. that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. So, but good beer. Um, nice. I I bet you the untapped community is probably like a three point nine two. Yeah, not not enough ABV to push it into the four territory. Yeah, and like I don't know, I don't know. It if... seems like a very light effervescent type of just like just easy drinking purple spiked mm-hmm. seltzer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It tastes a lot like a like a spike seltzer, um, so... which I was crushing a few yesterday. <laughs> nice. No laws when you're drinking the claws. <laughs> uh, so, out of one thousand one hundred and forty-one check-ins, you guessed it, they'd be what? What rated? Uh, three nine two. So it was three eight zero. Ah, okay, all right. So um, I'm a little higher than those folks, but um, it's a very good beer. And from what I understand, the brewery is very, very good. So gotta make it out that way. Well, if you do, make sure you let us all on the pod know. So oh, I will. I'll grab some cans. Awesome. And then ship them to us, right? Yeah. I mean, if I have enough, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just putting it there subliminally in your mind. You want to get <laughs> oh, me cans so of this subliminal. beer. <laughs> so, hey, I know we talked last episode about Friendsgiving. Yes. Friends, Friendsgiving is, has now come and gone. It has passed. Um, did anybody actually listen to the episode and, and acknowledge the, the call out I gave them? No. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's okay. They weren't drinking alone with us, but they were drinking in person with you. So how was that it? That is true. How, it was was, all... how was hosting Friendsgiving in the in the new house? It was really good. Um, tons of space. Uh, Simba seemed to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he did. That's the the downfall of having a couple children in the house. But overall, it was fun. Uh, uh plenty of space. Uh, people really seemed to like the food. We cooked the turkey in the traditional Obert style of in a trash can, and that turned out really well. Besides, when Nick removed the trash can, the turkey caught on fire. Yeah, I, I heard about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about making this my handle this week because it is the holiday after all. And this is courtesy of Chris's dad, actually, was the mm. was the one who inspired this. But uh, the trash can turkey, it's uh, always a good time and always a really flavorful way to make a, make a turkey. Yeah. Um, but you got to watch out and not catch it on fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wish you would have taught us that beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was told by several people that you had, quote, the perfect hole in your yard for this yes. turkey. So we had a mystery hole in the yard. We don't, know who, <laughs> we don't know who dug the mystery hole, but we do know that there was nothing living in the mystery hole when we decided to use it to cook a turkey. But what happened is because it was you know, a pretty decent-sized hole, so I'm kind of curious to know what was living in it, but because it's a decent-sized hole, the turkey kind of fit really well into it, so we were able to cover it in coals, pretty much like submerge it. And so maybe turkey, it was a turkey that was living there. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the I mean, it fit. Was, <laughs> the turkey cooks really fast inside the mystery hole. I mean, it generally cooks fast, especially yeah, when if you apply directly can. to fire. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what happened was, you know, our our pal Nick he uh, removed the turkey or he removed the can and didn't remove the the 
and decided to wander inside while the turkey was still like on the the po- the post sizzling away yes and then we were in you know i was inside and he walked in and he was trying to grab the 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 roaster pan to to pull the turkey off and all of a sudden he looked out of the window and there was a flaming turkey out back with, <laughs> <laughs> with dan and steve just standing around looking at it going what do we do i don't know should we try to save the turkey nick and i both sprinted outside faster than two humans have ever moved in their life t- to save our turkey and luckily we only burnt the legs so it was salvaged at the end oh yeah yeah oh, the tur- that's good the turkey was nice and moist inside it was Delicious. You just couldn't eat the legs, even though Nick mm. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I'm glad awesome. to hear that it all turned out pretty well at the end. You had a fast cooking turkey. And uh, tune in at the end of the episode to hear more about how you can make your own trash can turkey. Yeah. But um, it, only, what it only took about, just so people are aware out there, it only took about like two and a half hours to cook a 21-pound turkey. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, really fast. But again... Listen to those handles. I know you're you're <laughs> you're scooping my my scoop here. Um, <laughs> so what else? So I heard that there was some some Bud Light action. Yeah. So uh, so we got a keg of Bud Light, a, a a pony keg, if you will, of Bud Light. Okay. I was wondering how you guys were gonna go through a whole, you know, half barrel. Yeah, we decided to get a quarter barrel of Bud Light. So okay. we drank that. There's still a little left. But, I I thought you were gonna bring Bud Light on the podcast today. Not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, looking back on it now, all right. Let's just let you know what. Let's just restart the episode. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hey, folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast with three friends <laughs> drinking alone together. My name's Chris, and I'm drinking a Bud Light today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing keg stands over here, alone <laughs> in my living room. Oh no! So, so yeah, so we had Bud Light. It was awesome. Yeah, and. uh I made a guest appearance as a chug-off contestant. Yes, you did. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, go go ahead and explain that one. I mean, I don't even remember. Uh, I guess, so a Friendsgiving a long time ago, we had Jumbling Tower. The last Friendsgiving that we were all together for. Was that New York? Yes. Okay. And we had Jumbling Tower, and everybody got to write stuff on bricks, and then you would pull. Do you remember that at all, Over? I do, yeah. Okay. And, and some people might know Jumbling Tower as uh, some people call it Jenga, and so right, it's like yeah, the knockoff the, version, is... right? The knockoff version is called Jenga, and the little, um, the little you call them bricks. What's the right word here? Jenga. I guess yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we wrote we wrote little little like dares on every single on every single brick, right? And one of them happened to be uh, challenge Chris to a chug off or something no, like no. that. Challenge and you must beat Chris in the <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. And, um, and there was no like, if you fail, like you must do something. It was just like, no consequences. You, just you have, have to, to keep on going until you beat Chris. Right. So I, I we were like cooking dinner, and I got a, a Snapchat video message from Tud, and I was like, well, I'll just. And then he goes, you have to check. You have to call me back. So I was like, okay. So I did, and I ended up chugging against uh, Nick on behalf of Caitlin. So yes, that seems like a fair way to do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I won, so that's yeah. That's so Nick important. should still be chugging right now. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't going to continue to chug my beer when I wasn't at Friendsgiving. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you well, made the rule. Yeah, I, I are you sure it was me? It was in your handwriting. Okay, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been me. I don't know. We have who, similar handwriting. 
Who else would put down, you know, challenge and beat Chris in a chug off besides Chris? That's a good point. But I'm Maybe. glad that you brought the game back. I'm glad you brought Jumbling Tower Dares. Yeah. Uh, for keeping keeping the tradition alive. We mm. uh we also learned that like some of them are pretty dirty. Like Yeah. Like we 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 should have been playing that in the presence of children. Yeah. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> but we did. <laughs> this one's just a swear off. Who could say the most different swears in thirty seconds? Everybody <laughs> is included. Nine adults just saying as many curse words as possible. And there was there was one of them that said like remove like one article of clothing and if if you like you're content and like if like the people in the room are not happy, remove another article of clothing. Oh. I think I remember that log. So Chris is like, I think I wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> was that also in my handwriting? No, that that was in Larissa's handwriting. Yeah, I was gonna say, I I don't think I wrote that one down, but so, so Nick pulled that log, and the first thing he did was he took off his pants. <laughs> and no one was happy. And nobody was happy. He was very upset. So he had to take off a shirt. And then everybody was maybe happy, so we took off a sock, and then we were all happy. <laughs> oh, So I'm, I'm glad you guys had fun. It's, it's always a good time. I mean, who knows? Maybe one of these years we'll be able to make it back for Friendsgiving, which... I'm convinced we were like the first Friendsgiving. I mean, I'm just going to say that. But Yeah. Yeah, this is the 11th or 12th annual, depending yeah. on how you count, in a row. And now it's crazy to see what started as a college drinking tradition to evolve where people are bringing their families with their kids. And I don't know. It, <laughs> it makes me sad that I can't be there, but I'm glad to mm. see that, that it's being passed along to the next generation. Well, you know... There's always the possibility that you guys are going to show up next year. That's true. Or we can just host. Yeah. North Carolina in November is beautiful. Montana in... Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Montana in November is blizzard. <laughs> it's like, you ever wanted winter, but like bad? That's Montana in November. <laughs> At least it's always a white Christmas here. That's a guarantee. Mm, yeah, not here. Not here so much. Oh, Chris is digging deep in the mail floor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, Ugh. man. So, yeah, we're, we've been trying to get through a backlog of emails one by one. A.K.A. Um, Chris is trying to perform some, like, fall time cleaning in his house. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, And this is from Friend of the Pod, Sal, who's written in before. So uh, he wrote in. He listened recently, catching up on some episodes, uh, and the Mount Rushmore discussion kind of struck him. So, oh, so this is from a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. we talked I mean, about what four beers would be on our Mount Rushmore of beer. Yes, yes, correct. And he had some, he had some, some thoughts on it. So first, he says, "G'day, g'day." So he he thought the Mount Rushmore of craft beer was a very cool discussion. Thank you, uh, and that we have some thoughts in common. But he wanted to. Bring up Yingling first. He he believes that Yingling is not a craft brewery. So they are the oldest brewery in the country and suddenly burst into the craft brewery scene in 2014 as the biggest after they lobbied the Brewers Guild to remove any semblance of creativity from the definition of craft beer, or of craft. Uh, and he actually sent a link. We'll throw it in the show notes. And craft was no longer meant craft, but was purely about size. In my opinion, their beer is fine, certainly better than the macros, but not craft. So that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, are we going to distinguish between a macro brewery and a like? If you're not macro brewery and you're not a craft brewery, what are you? Right, right. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to challenge his his email, but like, there's an answer there, and I don't know what it is. A my pod. What is um? What does that stand for? Don't know. Just came up with it. <laughs> okay. My pod. My pod. Can you spell that, please? <laughs> M I P O D. Can you what use it? What the in a hell sentence? are you talking about? I'm so lost. It's like you just pulled letters out of a Scrabble bag here. What are we talking about? I just grabbed them out of thin air. My pot. Okay. So a my pot is a brewery that's not a craft brewery, but not a macro. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So Yingling is officially a my pod. My pod. Okay. So he he continues on. He says, as for the mountain of heads, uh, I don't think you need a tiny perky startup like the alchemist or treehouse they are great let's see how they last uh well i mean i'm gonna go ahead and say they're probably gonna last pretty good <laughs> was that not supposed to be a joke i don't know i don't, I don't know how i feel about this email so far it's an email it's, he didn't put lol but anyways i fully agree with sam adams uh one of you mentioned sierra nevada that's in there uh anchor is old but kind of falls into the same category as yingling they kind just don't a, do anything my potty kind of a beer. Yeah, very yeah, like my potty. Pot. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says to round out his four, he thinks he would go with dogfish head and stone. Uh, maybe rogue instead of stone, but those are close. Um, hmm. Yeah. No, that's and, I a, mean, that's not a bad Mount Rushmore. No, it's not. I mean, so that would be um, Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, dogfish head and stone. That ain't bad. No, I think I I take that to mean like to me those are the like good four founding fathers. Of beer and like founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence, they are not on Mount Rushmore. I that think those true. are two different things. We came up mm, with we came okay. up with ours based on like who was who, right? On the you Mount know, Rushmore based on exactly, age. yeah. Every president on Mount Rushmore is a different era in American history. That's I think what we try to get through on our Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I d- I don't know how I feel about him saying that perky startup describing Alchemist and Treehouse. Those are guys are. They're more than startups at this point. Yeah, they're pretty well established. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, I don't know, cornerstones of craft beer. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, at this point, like, you, you go on Instagram or whatever, and you see Treehouse cans posted a thousand times a day just all over the country. Now, the Alchemist is just old and delicious, but... And when we're talking about Yingling, by the way, as being a MyPod... <laughs> yeah. Does... Does Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada not count as my pods too? I think they have enough variety to be craft. Right. I think that's what that's what makes them not my pods. Instead, craft beer breweries. Yeah, because like Yingling does like Yingling, Yingling Light, and like a, I think maybe a Black and Tan or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got the Fezzy Wig. I like that the Fezzy Wig Ale. Yeah, I hear what you're saying though. They have they're much more of a traditional beer style i mean in all honesty traditional american style up until alchemist opened up their new brewery they brewed like two beers yeah yeah i mean they they brewed one forever yeah so i mean (laughs) if we're gonna go if we're gonna be give yingling some shit because they only brew a limited supply or limited you know style of beer that's how the alchemist made their their hay was by one or two types of beer but a yingling a yingling lager is very 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 different beer than Hetty Tapper. True. Yingling Lager is, you know, it's you know, it's like a course banquet almost. It's not it's a Budweiser. It's a it's a it's a very well rounded, decent 
macro lager. It's a MyPod. <laughs> it, it is indeed a MyPod. <laughs> it is a MyPod, yes. But anyway, so that's my my response to Sal. You picked four great founding fathers of craft brew. I think that they don't represent the eras of craft brew, which is, mm. which is, in my opinion, what a Mount Rushmore is. But that's open interpretation. I think that he took it in a different direction, and I kind of like that. So yeah, I think we just tell Sal that he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Our interpretation is the only way. <laughs> um, he does say that as a runner-up, a beta could be put on there. Um, Ooh, yeah, a beta is really good. A beta is very good. So uh, he continues on. This is he. He, he had a awesome. He had a, he had a really good email. I think both of his all of his emails so far have been like really awesome. So also to get on Tud's good side after proving him wrong about sulfites. <laughs> Looking at Wikipedia quickly shows I'm right. I okay, wholeheartedly rub, rubbing salt in the wound there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> You're still wrong. I, I choose to believe. I, I wholeheartedly agree with him about Atomic Pumpkin. It's an incredible beer. To piss him off again, I have to ask: <laughs> Do you really taste what you claim? Or have you memorized popular hops and their tasting notes? Your review, your review on wine did not inspire confidence about your tongue. Wow! Whatever the opposite of a compliment sandwich is exactly what Sal just did to Todd. Yeah, he almost like bitch slapped me in the face. It was just like, "Ha, pretty boy, bitch." Yeah, slap. it's not a compliment sandwich. sandwich. He pushed you down, helped you back up, and then pushed you down again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> now. Sal, Sal, I I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to go back to that episode and I'm going to refer to the fact that I said the wine was red. It was out of a can and it was freezing cold. I challenge you to taste. Also, it tastes grapey. Correct. (laughs) I, I challenge you to take cold red wine out of a can and tell me if you taste anything other than grape. Then you can can come back to this. Can we make this an official challenge? Can I I think. (laughs) This is what I'm thinking. I think we get Sal to record a voice memo on his phone, reviewing a wine, and we get Ted to review the same wine, and we see which of them has a better review of it. Oh, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. That would be fun. It's a review off. I think we should do it. I think Sal has thrown down the gauntlet with his email here. That's (laughs) true. With his shove, help up, shove. (laughs) (laughs) Him... I don't claim to be a wino expert. No, we we all know that 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 you have a beer palate, and right. I think you can count the number of wines we reviewed between the three of us on this show with, in one hand. Yes, the, the <laughs> number being the number being two. Yeah, and so, they both came out of a can. Mm-hmm. Mine came um, out of a can. So that did, was a long time ago. So did mine, and mine got drank out of a beer glass. But I would, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about this, Sal. Sal, if you're interested in this challenge. Uh, let us know. Maybe we'll make it happen, and we can get we can get the review off going between you and Todd of Red Wines. Because I love to make Todd do extra work for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a common theme here. You notice how yeah. Ober always makes other people do extra work. Oh yeah. Well, if you got, if you if you want me to do extra work, bring it on. You know, I do owe you. I do need to mail you a. Uh, Ivan the Terrible. That was some work you gave me last week. There was that, there was more uh, than just one bottle there on that. You know they're like list. they're like twenty bucks a bottle. They're not cheap. Oh, damn, it's okay. Yeah, but um, that's too, that's, no, that's forty dollars for two bottles. You love. If me I'm enough. gonna ship you, if I'm gonna ship you some stuff, we'll make sure that the the shipping cost is worth what you get for sure. There you go. So, um, <laughs> uh, any he says he finishes it all with anyway. Great pod. 
So there, we <laughs> there go. you go. Picking you back up. Picking you off. back up. <laughs> Shove you down, pick you up. I feel abused. Ah, uh, well, you'll get used to it. <laughs> um, oh, there we go. And with that, Chris is buried in a pile of mail. It goes back from where it came. Bottom of the pile. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun email. Yeah, it was a good uh, one. Make sure you, everybody's sending in the e- emails. DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, so with that, it's time to end the episode as we always do with Frosty Handle. Frosty Handles. <laughs> no, with Frosty <laughs> frosty Mug that also has Frosty Handles on it full of gravy and mashed potatoes and green bean casserole of and life some, advice. And some stuffing. Of course, some stuffing. Absolutely. Mm. Some stuffing. This is a turkey leftover turkey sandwich of live advice. Worth, and maybe some burnt turkey. You. Some some burkey. Some burnt key. It's coming your way. <laughs> um so we are because we already alluded to it, I feel like I should start here with the trash can turkey. I'm gonna put a link to the show notes for a more thorough description. But um this is something that again has been inspired by Chris's dad, who always has a flair for cooking with while camping, and that's mm-hmm. this was a, a Boy Scout original recipe that we learned back in the day in Boy Scouts. But um, it's having fun with charcoal. You take a you take a turkey, any size. As we saw, Tud claim that they did a twenty two pound bird this weekend. Twenty one. Twenty one. Sorry, I was rounding up a little bit. So it's not Tud did. A tw- we did. It was a very big bird. So Tud did a twenty three pound bird, and so you take your twenty four pound bird and you put it <laughs> on a, like a. A metal stand um, that goes in the cavity of the your twenty five pound turkey, and um, <laughs> you you wrap some twine around the wings to hold it tight. You take a steel tr- trash can, non galvanized is also important, and you flip it up upside down over the turkey, which is which is now on the ground here. Uh, you use outside on some aluminum foil on the ground. Um, from there, you put charcoal about one to two inches high all around the sides. And you're going to put a layer of charcoal on the bottom of the trash can, which is now the top of your cooking area because it's flipped upside down. This is a really fast way to cook a bird, as they alluded to. So like, even if you have like a 26, 27-pound bird like they did, <laughs> uh, you can cook it really fast. Now, we've done if I've done birds in the upper teens in like 90 minutes, two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it's not unreasonable to do. Uh if you light it on fire, it cooks even faster. <laughs> it's a little bit faster. <laughs> the one thing I will say that I think over you forgot is you gotta take the trash can before you d- use it and you gotta uh drill a hole in the side that way you can stick your meat thermometer inside. Very important point. Thank you, Ted, for yeah, because you wanna make sure that bird gets all the way up to one seventy. One sixty eight minimum. Uh so Wait, you it was one sixty eight? Yeah, what did you guys cook it to? 165. Uh, I mean, if it's 165 for a, a sustained amount of time, it'll it'll kill anything. Mm-hmm. The uh, USDA has like certain temperatures you need to hold for certain amounts of time. So if you're at 168, it's like definitely okay. But 165 for any amount of time, you'll be fine. Well, I mean, especially if you catch it on fire. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it like, <laughs> probably rose in some degrees as it was burning. Yeah, exactly. But one of the part, ways that it's why it's so why I always cook the turkey this way. Two reasons: one, when it's sitting on the stand, all of the drippings fall down onto the aluminum foil, 
and then they vaporize when they hit that hot uh, ground. And then that moisture circulates through the trash can, and it's a really good way to keep your bird really nice and moist without having to do any basting or anything like that. You're never going to get a dry turkey if you cook it this way. Two is it keeps me as the turkey chef out of the kitchen. Um, your sides are going to need the oven. You're going to need lots of counter space. You're not going to want somebody with a bird messing around in there. And this is a great way. If you use this, if you use your smoker, if you use your fryer, whatever. Grill. You could use your grill, but none of them are going to come close to as good as the trash can method. And it's a great way to just be you outside with the bird, hanging out, having fun. Drinking a beer. Not being, not being part of the sides that's going on inside. Um, and like I said, I'll link, I'll put a link to a, a full recipe, but I mean, we pretty much, you pretty much got it. You need a way to start some charcoal, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science here. It's a delicious way to make a, a Thanksgiving turkey. And I know that it's late for this year, but <laughs> I didn't put it in last year. So here you go. You have 51 weeks notice for next year to get your bird ready. There you go. Or just cook another yeah. bird tomorrow. You could do that. That's there's a reason. I mean, there's no reason we only have turkey once a year. You should do it more. So, and I'm sure all the turkeys will be on sale starting tomorrow. That's another good point. Yeah, yeah. So with that, I'm going to hand this gravy boat of wisdom over to Todd. Todd, why don't you uh, drizzle some more wisdom on our on our sides here? Sure. So yesterday, one of uh, one of the friends of the pod, Courtney, brought over an interesting dish that I had never had before, and after eating it yesterday, I thought I would share it with the pod because I'm sure that most people haven't had this before, and we'll link to the recipe in the show description, too. Ooh, is this a special Friendsgiving theme you're going with here? Sure. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, this is called Butternut Squash Mac and Cheese. Have you guys Ooh. ever had this before? I no. have not. So this is the second squash handle of the pod. <laughs> oh no. That is true. <laughs> so this is a, a recipe that calls for one half of a butternut squash and then basically the all the other ingredients are the, the ingredients that you'd use to make macaroni and cheese. So elbow macaroni, milk, butter, uh flour, there's some nutmeg, which is interesting, some rosemary, which is also interesting, and then cheddar cheese, sharp cheddar cheese, and breadcrumbs. And basically what happens is that you, you cook the butternut squash and then you immersion mix mix it and then mix that in with the mac and cheese. Therefore, so you make mac and cheese like normal. But throw open the blue box. But you throw uh some like mashed immersion blended butternut huh. squash. Cool. Is it when you're are you baking it? Like when do you add it? You cook the squash in a four hundred degree oven. And once the squash is cooked, you blend that in with the rest of the mac and cheese mix. Until it's basically all mixed together, and then you top that with some breadcrumbs. And then you throw that into the oven for 25 to 30 minutes at also 400 degrees. And then you let it rest for five minutes, and then serve warm. That sounds delicious. It was really good. Yeah. The butternut squash adds a little bit of a sweetness to the mac and cheese that most mac and cheese doesn't have. I like it. I like it. It's a good, see, like a better Friendsgiving recipe than a Thanksgiving recipe. Because Thanksgiving is already a pretty heavy meal. I don't know if we need to add more macaroni. But you know what I could see it though? I could see it being like your side dish for your sandwich the next day. That and, you know, if you have extra, say you have extra squash the day after. 
What are you going to do with it? Yeah, just throw that right into some mac and cheese. I Boom. like it. I like it a lot. And then you're getting yeah. your vegetable. You're getting a serving of vegetables while you're eating mac and cheese. How can you go wrong? It's super <laughs> healthy. You really can't. Hashtag yeah. Tudfit. <laughs> I really. Tudfit. I'm enjoying that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, Chris, what is your Thanksgiving handle? Okay, so you always hear about Thanksgiving dinner and all that stuff, um, but you very rarely hear about Thanksgiving breakfast. <laughs> It's true. It's not normally the meal people focus on on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know why they should. I feel like people are traveling usually in the morning on Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> uh, but this is something that could go well with your cup of coffee, maybe an Irish coffee, uh, like we used to do in the Adam Oates household on Thanksgiving morning. But I really hope that your handle's a crumpet. No, well, not a crumpet. No, uh, I have made on occasion. A pumpkin coffee cake. Oh so, my god, this sounds and, so good. <laughs> and I will say it's pretty. It's pretty banging. It's pretty good. So I mean, essentially, think of a coffee cake except is except uh, when you're mixing the batter together um, in lieu of a few things. Um, you add a can of just like pumpkin puree along with some spices. Uh, most of them are normally in a coffee cake and. You bake that for a while. Where does where does the coffee go in? A coffee cake doesn't have coffee in it. Yeah, I think it's just something like a cake you can have with coffee. Yeah, that's yeah. Wait, Common wait. misconception. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you it's, had coffee cake before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Coffee. Yeah. There's no coffee. Like normally, they coffee don't cake. taste like coffee flavored. No, they're just perfectly paired with a hot cup of coffee. Mm. So hmm. I want uh, to learn something new today. Coffee right now. I didn't realize that <laughs> coffee cake had no coffee in it. Yeah. Um, but the it, it's really good um it gives like a nice the pumpkin blends in nice with all the the brown sugar crumble that you put on top and mm, you know it man. just it tastes really good i will say it's very dense with the pumpkin in there uh but i mean if you're feeling a little frisky and you want to try you want you're like you know what i don't eat enough on thanksgiving then maybe you make this in the morning <laughs> Well, you mean, so, so is this, this is cause this is what I'm thinking, right? It's like, you got a big Thanksgiving meal. Everybody's mm-hmm. like passed out it's six in the afternoon. You know, it's, it's an early night sometimes how you get all your family and extended family out of bed the next morning is they're going to smell this black Friday pumpkin <laughs> coffee cake wafting through the house. Yeah, they're gonna okay. get the cinnamon. They're gonna get the pumpkin, and they're gonna also get the hot pot of coffee mm. that's that's roasting and and brewing. That's getting me out of bed right now, yeah. right? So <laughs> that, that assumes that, that anybody ever went to bed over it. Maybe they were all out shopping all night long. Uh, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's okay. True. That's another good point. Maybe these people have, they did their midnight rush. They did a whole crazy shopping spree, and now they got to come home and refuel for the afternoon deals. <laughs> Those doorbusters don't start till nine a.m. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So if you, uh, we'll put we'll put a recipe in the show notes. Um, but it's really really good. Um, I've made it like I said a handful of times, and it would go very nicely considering you're not allowed to eat pumpkin after Thanksgiving. So right, yeah. and, you, and you know how you uh you make it a little bit less dense. How you just take a little air compressor and stick it right in there and just let it go. Gives it a little, mm. aerates it a little bit, you know. Like one of those things you use to clean out your keyboard, like the little cans of compressed air? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I will say, normally if you don't don't mix it as much, that will help. Because, anyways. Don't overmix it. Right, don't overmix, because that normally leads to something being more dense. But hmm. beating all the air out of it. Baking anyways. tips with Chris. 
I like that. But um, anyways, so yeah, that's it. Eat eat that with all the other food. It's good. Well, with that, thank you guys for listening. We'd like to thank the breweries who provided today's beers. I would like to thank New England Brewing Company for providing GBOT a double IPA. I'd like to thank Fontaflora Brewery for their Break of Moon. And I'm going to thank Propolis Brewing for the Beltane, which is a Saison brewed with elderflowers and brett. Uh, please go on and follow us on all social medias at DAWF Podcast. Also, make sure you're hashtag following the email at DAWF Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, keep on sending in those emails. We really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, as you've seen over the past couple episodes, we will read them and we will respond to them live on the pod. Even though, if you're an asshole, we still read it. The gauntlet has been thrown down to Sal. Sal, I want you to write in. I want to do a wine tasting off with you. So let's do it, buddy. I'm Go. glad you're buying in on this. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm going to become the best wine taster this side of anywhere. This side of Connecticut, because he's on the other side of Connecticut. So. Oh, no, I want to be the best wine taster in the state. Okay, yeah, so it's like an east versus west. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, so uh, also make sure you're going on to our Patreon and subscribing. Um, there's a whole bunch of different tiers up there of where you can get different rewards for paying us more money per month. You know, the cheapest one is by far is uh, to watch Chris drink some uh, chiladas with you. You know, the most expensive one is like $2 billion and it's to, you know, get a whole day's worth of spending time with us. That's not, that's not true. That's cheaper than that. It's cheaper than the chilada. <laughs> you can just subscribe and get some amazing bonus content. That is for true. As cheap for, as, for a dollar a month. Yeah. Yeah. For as cheap as a dollar. Or for $2 billion a month. We'll, we'll also take that, too. But if you're going to go through uh, Patreon for that, message us first, and uh, we'll talk to you on the side. Also, make sure if you're interested in anything we talked about as our as today's handles, uh, go into our show description and click on the links, and you will see those recipes, because uh, we all did food today. As you can tell, we're in the Thanksgiving spirit, and we're ready to go eat. And so, with that, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. My name is Ted. Happy Thanksgiving. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. Happy Thanksgiving. And if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. And um, could you guys pass pass me that mashed potatoes and the green bean casserole over there? Sure. Uh, I hope you guys didn't want pie and eat it all there. Oh, come on. Uh, I was told I could eat pie whenever the hell I wanted. <laughs> I said you had to wait. You said pie whenever the hell I want. So you were told by yourself. As long as these extra the uh, the croissant biscuits, I'm all happy. The crescent rolls. Those. That's what I want. I also hate those. I'll just make boxes of stovetop for myself. It's fine. Real That's quick. Good. Crescents or grands? Crescents. Grands. I'm going crescents. <laughs>